Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the McKinney Radio, and in today's podcast, I am interviewing Taylor Ellis. Taylor Ellis, you can find her on Instagram at I am Taylor Ellis, and she is such a fantastic coach. The reason why I wanted to bring her on today is because she is a recovery warrior, and today we share her story about how she overcame her eating disorder and how it led her to wanting to help others and transform their body and mind. Taylor has a bachelor's degree in psychology, and we really do focus on some of the mindset shifts you have to make in order to live your best life, not only mentally, but physically as well. So I hope that you guys enjoy today's episode, and don't forget the only way that we can grow here on Beyond Bikini Radio is through ratings and reviews. That's like showing this podcast to other people, and if you find that this podcast has been helpful for you, the only way that they're going to see it is through giving it a five-star rating and then a nice review as well. So thank you guys again for tuning in, and I hope you guys enjoy this one. Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini Podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. Today, I have Taylor Ellis here as our guest. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you on. So I've been following Taylor for, I would say, about a year now. I know we used to do a few Instagram Lives back when Lives would actually stay for 24 hours and not just disappear. Uh, Taylor shares a similar mindset to me where we focus not only on the body when it comes to achieving your fitness goals, but also the mindset as well. So welcome. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Tell us, Taylor, a little bit about your fitness journey. Like what got you into just living a healthier lifestyle? Mm, Okay. So we'll go back when it all started. Um, I was, you know, always really active when I was a kid. Basically, grew up in a household where it's like, okay, you're walking, let's find a sport for you. So I played soccer until um, mid-high school. And mid-high school was when, you know, like a lot of girls are starting to go through different body image issues. Um, Dieting starts becoming a thing. And long story short, I went straight into very much of like an all-or-nothing mentality when it came to losing weight. Um, And because I had a lot of stressors that were going on at home, it actually led to an eating disorder. Um, So when I was 16 years old, I dropped about 30 pounds that I didn't have to lose. Um, I was never overweight. I had a really healthy body. I had in the beginning, a super healthy, like beautiful relationship with food, exercise in my body. But like I said, a lot of stuff was going on at home. Um, and I turned towards food and exercise as a sense of control. And I just took it a notch, five notches too far. Um, And by the time that it was brought in awareness to my parents, because like I said, there was so much going at home that I just kind of fell under the radar. Um, Teachers, family, friends started bringing up like something's wrong with Taylor, you know, is there something going on with her? Um, 
And then my parents like opened up their eyes and they're like, all right, yeah, she doesn't eat dinner with us anymore. She's always exercising. Um, and I was basically threatened right away with, if you don't gain 10 pounds in a month, we're going to put you in an inpatient facility. And of course, when, you know, you aren't aware that you have a problem when you hear that you're like threatened with something you're like all right just watch me so i ended up getting sicker um parents ended up putting me into an outpatient facility and then i made my way to a therapist a nutritionist a psychiatrist all these different things and Finally, when I was 18 years old, I just got so fed up with the way that I was living. Um, you know, I was watching all of my friends be able to go out, um, have sleepovers, go to parties, and here I was just struggling through it, not wanting to be social because if it had to do with food, there was no way I was going to be there. If it had to, um, like, get in the way of my exercise, again, no way I was going to be there. And then I stopped getting invited to all these places, and you know. I just realized, all right, I'm kind of done. So my dad was working out with a personal trainer at this time. Um, this was my senior year. And I had asked him if we could move me from the nutritionalist, psychiatrist, and the therapist into me starting to work out with my dad and his trainer. He could put me on like a healthy meal plan to make sure that I was gaining weight. Um, I had told them, you know, I'm really tired of feeling sick and tired. I just want to feel strong. And that was my first introduction to weightlifting. And as soon as I felt what it felt like to actually like be able to hit a PR. You know, when I first started with a five pound dumbbell, that felt like a 50 pound dumbbell. But as I started watching my strength go up, um, they were monitoring me throughout this whole thing. Should I have been working out? No, but it saved me. So I don't regret it. Um, but I started feeling what it felt like to be strong. And that was the start of it all. That's when I finally started like wanting to recovery or wanting to recover. Um, and then it was just this crazy journey to where I am now today but that was like the very start of it and I think that I well first off I appreciate you being vulnerable and like opening up to the audience about your struggles with food and even um maybe like struggling with body image as well I know that that can be uncomfortable but it like I've struggled with my own eating disorder too. And I feel like all recovery stories are different. Like, for example, you talked about your parents talking about um, inpatient and you're like, I'm not doing that. And then it got worse for you. I was the opposite. Like they threatened me with inpatient or like going to therapy. And for some reason that like was a kick in the butt for me to help me to eat more. But I also was so passionate about gymnastics and like that was everything to me so if i were like if i missed practice like i would cry so like i knew that i needed to get healthier in order to do my sport so i feel like in a way exercise did help me versus like make things worse mm, yeah see i lost soccer at that point i lost friendships at that point but i was just so freaking sick in my head that i like couldn't get my act together um mm -hmm. I lost a lot, a lot of control in regards to what I was allowed to do and what I couldn't do. That when someone tried to control me and force me into something, I went the opposite way. So mm -hmm. my parents tried to force me into soccer and show me that, you know, you have to keep playing. And I knew that if I just kept getting sicker and sicker, that they would take me out. Mm -hmm. So I was so done with soccer because I had a really just screwed up coach. I didn't like the girls on the team. 
it wasn't a healthy environment for me to be in that my thought process was, you know what, I've been forced into this since I could literally walk, I'm done and I'll find my way out of it. So literally starved my way out of that. Um, and then again, parents telling you, I'm going to put you into this facility. And I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> and I just kept, I just wasn't ready. I was so trying to like hold on to anything that I possibly could to for control. And the first thing that I turned to was food and exercise. Yeah. So if you told me we're going to take it away, I was like, no, I'll find a way. Yeah. You have to be ready to like, you're not going to fix your relationship with food until you're ready to do so. You're not going to exercise until you want to, like you have to decide to make these steps for yourself. And that's really important because you can have all, everything that you need to be successful, but you still have to decide to take that action. Oh, absolutely. Whenever I get questions around like, how did you recover? How did you, you know, get to where you are today? I'm like, it's a choice. You finally have to be ready for it. And everyone re reaches that point at a different part of their journey. But like, mm -hmm. it absolutely has to deal with like, not someone forcing you into it, but you finally waking up and being like, oh my gosh, I thought that I was in control, but it's the complete opposite. You mm -hmm. know, this eating disorder, this thought process is actually controlling me. Um, I'm going to choose to take the control back and actually live a life that, you know, I desire. So what helped you kind of gain more control of your relationship around food? Like what were those steps for you? Cause I know that the exercise helped you and focusing on weight training, but what about the food side? Um, the biggest thing with my food was realizing how selfish I was being. Um, I had a few different wake up calls that like really, um, played monumental parts of healing my relationship. My very first one was we had in like all exclusive, all paid for vacation um, for my family and I in Cabo and my brother had brought in his girlfriend um, and every other vacation before that, I was very much, you know, I'm going to bring my own food. I will ask for, you know, specific foods at the restaurant. I will go to the, you know, the gym whenever I want to. And I didn't really see the problem with that. because I was like, I'm not hurting anyone else. I'm just doing my own thing. Well, my brother's girlfriend also kind of struggled a little bit and I started seeing her doing the same thing. And in my head, I was like, dude, we're paying for all of this for you. And here you are like being such a brat. And then I like, I had to step back and I was like, I literally do the same thing. Yeah. I was like, here I am pointing fingers at her talking to my mom. And my mom's like over here, like, wake up, Taylor, wake up. This is you. And so when I saw that, I came back from that vacation, I called a coach and I was like, I need help. Um, I had been seeing reverse dieting thrown left and right. This is when Instagram really started taking off with like, um, um, Lane Norton, um, reverse dieting. Mm -hmm. And I had found a coach that I was following for a while for probably a good, like two to three months talking about reverse dieting, showing her clients that she was working with. She had a very similar story to me. And so finally, when I had that wake up call, I was like, all right, it's time to do it. So I stepped into reverse dieting. I learned how to track macros. Um, and I dropped that all or nothing mentality. I stopped starving myself. I started feeling really good. We built my metabolism up to an insane amount. Um, my body composition changed in, again, insane ways. Um, I started actually building muscle, those newbie gains, totally a thing. Um, and then my second wake up call, because I was still, and I'm sure that you understand this, 
I went from one end of the spectrum of restricting and not eating enough to another obsession of macro tracking and feeling like if I couldn't track, then, you know, I, I just couldn't do it. Um, I was very obsessed with, you know, hitting specific numbers, like on the dot. If you go back in my fitness, my fitness pal diaries, you would see every macro hit to the gram. Um, so it was a new obsession for me. And again, I didn't, I didn't see the problem because I was like, well, technically, you know, I'm eating enough. I've got muscle. I'm healthy. My blood work comes great. Um, but I didn't realize that I was still a slave to the numbers. You know, I couldn't go out to eat. There was a lot of things that were still just disordered. Um, and my sophomore year of college, I was in a psychology class where we were going through the different like age groups. And if you had um, a sibling that was in that specific age group that we were learning, our professor asked if you could bring them in to be like interviewed so that we could actually see what we were learning like happening in real life. So I was the only one who had a teenage sister. So I asked my little sister if she could come in. Um, she was in junior high and the professor had asked her a question that I didn't see coming. She didn't see coming. And it was, have you ever had someone in your, in your life struggle with an eating disorder? And in that moment, my sister bawled her eyes out in front of the entire classroom. I was sitting up there with her. I had never, I hadn't shared openly that I had struggled. I was very much still ashamed of my past. Um, and I just sat there like, Oh my gosh, not only like, was I just like feeling that, um, you know, being like, do they know it's me? Do they know it's me? But then after we got in the car, I like asked my sister, I was like, how much have what I've done affected you? And then she just splurted out everything. You know, I'm seven years younger than her. So at 16 years old, she saw her sister just literally like dying. And I had no idea how much this was affecting her. And mm -hmm. so that was another huge wake up call that, okay, Taylor, seriously, get your shit together. Um, I have five younger siblings. And if you see my content today, a lot of it is geared towards being an example. Um, you know, I just posted something yesterday about um, our siblings, our children, our friends, our family, they hear you, they see you, you are making an impact on them and you have the choice on either to leave a really great mark on them or to leave a mark in which like is not one that you want to leave. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. I like that you're talking about that family dynamic and like how having, let's say like even if you don't have an eating disorder, but you feel like you have a disordered relationship with food, which those two are, are different. If you feel like your relationship with food isn't is a little bit off and can have some improvements there. And what I mean by that is you have anxiety around food or you're thinking about food a lot or you feel like you need to control your food all the time. That does affect the people around you and it can affect family members, your friends, um, significant others. It really does affect everything. And it's interesting that you brought up that situation with your sister because I recently um, had my parents come in and visit me uh, last Christmas. And we got dinner and they said at the, the dinner table, they're like, it's really nice to see you, you know, just eating what you would like and not stressing out about the food. And my boyfriend doesn't know much about eating disorders. And he was even like thrown back by that. And he's just like, that was an interesting comment for them to make. He didn't say that at the table, but later he mentioned that. And I'm like, yeah, because it really does affect everyone else. Like, just like you, Taylor, I was obsessed with macro tracking. Like 
I never had a day off. I was always perfect. If I couldn't figure out like the perfect macros, I wouldn't go. Um, and it would even take away from vacations. Like I know vacations where I overexercised or would purposely try to push off eating until as late as possible. And I, I thought it was normal. I thought it was dedicated, but it was just my eating disorder manifesting into something else. Oh yeah. There's definitely a line between like being dedicated and being healthy. Like mm -hmm. you, you can have two ends of the spectrum. It's like we have this body positivity, um, you know, spectrum where it's like, accept your body, love your body. You don't have to change your body. And then we have the bodybuilders over here who were like, you're lazy if you accept your body. And it's yeah. like, can everyone just get along? Can we all find that, you know, it doesn't have to be this all or nothing approach, but like you can accept your body, but you can also want to change it at the same time yeah, and do it absolutely. in a way that adds to your life and doesn't take away from either your life or everyone else's life. Yeah. And I know that you've competed before, you know, I've competed in a lot of shows as well. That's why I named the show Beyond the Bikini. Um, but I'm sure that you've seen both spectrums. Like I know that you talk a lot on body positivity, but yet you also challenge people to try to be the best version of themselves. And we need to stop getting stuck in these camps of being super lean, looking like you're ready to hop on stage and also, okay, let's go out every single night. It doesn't really matter. It's okay to take a month off from working out. Like there's a nice balance point and you know what? It's okay to have a couple things on your body that you don't love, but it's about accepting your body for what it is and still trying to be the healthiest version of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And it is like a delicate line. Um, to try and navigate because there's so many people that fall on one side of the spectrum and it's like especially when you show up on social media you say one thing and someone dissects it and you're like mm -hmm. that's not at all what I meant mm -hmm. um but in, in my regards it's like I only have this one body not only do I want it to be the best body but I want it to be my best friend mm -hmm. and in order for me to have both I can't beat it to the pulp and try and make it this extremely lean bodybuilder physique that my biofeedback markers come back screaming at me. But at mm -hmm. the same time, if I want it to be my best friend, I can't just not move it. I can't not feed it with healthy food. Um, so there is just like, okay, what's that balance? And the biggest thing is you got to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. And Taylor, so you got your degree in psychology? Yes. Where'd you go to school? Um, Cal Lutheran. So in Southern California. Okay. And you became an online fitness coach. What made you want to take that step? So funny story is I went to college, not knowing whatsoever what I wanted to do. I literally remember trying to apply to schools and scrolling through the degrees. Cause I didn't want to do undecided. Um, and I was like, you know what? Psychology sounds kind of interesting. And I clicked on that one because my thought process was I was just going to be a stay-at-home mom. So I'd get my degree. And oh. when I went to school, yeah, I went to school. I was like, I'm here to meet Mr. Hubby. When people had asked me, Oh, what are you studying psych for? I'm like, uh, this is my backup plan. Like I'm just here to get married. Um, and little did I know that that was not the plan I was going to take. So I got, um, I went to school with a psychology degree and then my sophomore year is when I started seeing, I was getting like very much into the fitness industry and I was everything outside of school. I was 
thrown into researching, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, just wanting to know everything and anything around nutrition, around working out, because that was what I really wanted to do with my life. Um, but when I looked at switching majors or switching schools, I realized that it was going to cost more money and it was going to cost more time. I didn't want to be there in the first place. So I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'll stick with psych. It was interesting to me. And I figured mm, I can use it as a backup plan if, if I decide I don't want to do something with fitness. Mm -hmm. So got graduated or I graduated. There we go. English is hard. I graduated. Obviously, I'm not an English major. Um, I graduated and then I went straight to work at my dad's office. They had thought I was going to take over the company business. My dad does life insurance and I hated it. I hated it so much. And so after that, I was like, can you just give me like three months, three months to figure out what the heck I want to do with this life? I've been go, go, go since I, you know, went to college and then thrown into the office. Like, let me just chill. Mm -hmm. So still super into fitness and I decided, you know what, maybe I'll try personal training. So I applied to Gold's Gym. Um, they gave me like one month to get my certification. That was really hard. But um, and during that time, I also shadowed the personal trainer because they wanted me to get started right then. So I shadowed him. I got certified. I worked there for almost a year. And I realized that I'm not meant for a corporate gym. They very much care more about the money than they do about the actual client. So I didn't like that. Um, I decided to move all of my clientele, which I sh wasn't allowed to do, but I did anyways, moved all of my clientele over to my private home gym and I trained all of them there. I did that again for a year and I still wasn't in love with it. You know, I wasn't waking up passionate um, to train these women because I was noticing, all right, I give them a great workout and then it's peace, goodbye. I wasn't having any sort of impact that I really wanted to leave. Um, so then online coaching really started taking off and I had, I think at the time, a little over 12K followers and I was like, why am I not using this? You know, I'm constantly asked, you know, what are you doing with nutrition? What are you doing with workouts? Why am I not, you know, doing something with this? So I decided to get my very first business mentor because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then it really just crafted its way from there. So I've been online coaching for about two years now. Um, I did a little bit of in-person before I officially moved out. Um, so I've been like full-time online without any in-person for probably a little over a year. And it's been the most beautiful journey I've ever taken. I've really found like who I love to coach, the message that I like to preach and the type of clientele that I really vibe with. Mm -hmm. That's, um, I think it's, interesting college like you never really get a chance to think about what you want to be and like what 18 year old knows what they want to do for the rest of their life and I was the same way like when I was in college like I liked what I was learning my degrees in exercise science I liked it I thought I was going to be a doctor thought I was going to be the first person to graduate be a doctor DPT and I remember volunteering at um the Cleveland Clinic for physical therapy and I would cry every day in my car before I would go because I hated it, but it's a good job, right? And I should do it. So I switched my major from pre-physical therapy to exercise science and said, I'm just going to get through this. I don't want to be here. And I started um, my coaching business in college and I had just, you know, like five to 10 clients online, was charging like $35 a month. It was a mess. Um, but I just didn't think that I should be getting paid for it because I enjoyed it too much. Like I thought that you should 
hate your job in a way because mm-hmm. I'm kind of like all I ever saw. And um, it was weird though, because even at 20, I knew that I needed to build a, a online base because Cleveland, Ohio at the time, you know, it's not hopping with fitness and I needed to figure out how to build up my clientele some, some way. And I used to also look up to Lane. He's actually right here in Tampa where I live now, but I I used to, you know, look up to like his, his podcast and all the great information he'd put out. I became obsessed with the podcast, just like you. And I, I kind of checked out my last year of college because I knew that it just wasn't for me and that I wasn't going to go the traditional nine to five. Mm, Yeah. Um, it's crazy too, because one thing with psychology is I, I wasn't sure if I was ever going to use it and little did I know that it would play the biggest role into my coaching. Um, yeah, I got certified outside of it, but I mean, like you very much resonate with like so much of this goes way farther beyond food and exercise. Mm-hmm. So much of this is the psychology of the mind, you know, our thoughts and impact our behaviors and our actions. And so I had no idea, you know, I thought that that was going to be my backup plan. And here I am. I'm like, it's the root of my business. Um, so it's just one of those things where everything happens for a reason, you know, yeah, whatever definitely. you start with, it ends up leading you to the path that you were like destined for. So what would you say like your mission is for your clients, like your ideal client? Um, so one thing that I love to do is yes, I am obsessed with fitness and nutrition and really teaching women how to be strong, how to feel their bodies, but we basically use it as a vehicle to show them that they are 100% capable of creating the life that they believe or that they creating the self-belief in themselves, um, to ultimately create the life that they once thought, you know, was something that they just dreamed about, if that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's going to look different, you know, person to person. Oh, completely. There is a different journey that each one of my clients takes. And I learn so much from each one of my girls as I'm going through their, um, their months with them. It's just, I always tell them, you know, we're in this together. This is absolutely teamwork because yes, I am the, the coach and they are the client, but the relationship that I like to build with them is very much in the sense of, Hey, I'm still human. You know, I still struggle just as much as you do. Um, And I found that having that sort of relationship allows them to open up a lot more with you. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not, it's, and this is the sense of with a lot of therapy, for instance, you go into a therapist's office and they ask you, how are you feeling? What's wrong with you? Why are you here? And you don't really hear very much from the therapist in the sense of, I struggled with that too. I understand. I've been through that. So it makes it kind of hard to really share, you know, your inner like demons and skeletons that are in there because you're like, I don't know you. Why would I feel comfortable to open up to you? But for example, I just had a client call and she was really struggling with food. Um, and I might not be there anymore. You know, I might not connect with her in that sense, you know, and where I'm at right now, but there was another area that I could relate to her. And by me sharing just a little insight in that way, she ended up digging even deeper Sorry if you hear my dog in the background. <laughs> like he is so loud. <laughs> That's okay. They've heard Hope on the podcast a handful of times. Okay, good. He was just going ham on the water bowl and I'm like, That's gonna be a mess. 
Um, but I think it's important to point out the whole therapy thing too, because I've had clients go to therapy and it's hard for them because they feel like they don't connect to the therapist when in reality, they're just trying to build rapport and trying to see like where you really need help. And they don't, I mean, they don't know you either. So they need to get to know who you are and you should at least give your therapist, I would say at least a month, like let's say a weekly meeting, give them a month. And then if you don't really mix with them, then you can give someone else a shot, but you're not going to be able to get anything out of therapy if you don't truly open up. Oh, and, yeah. that, and that goes for coaching too. I was just thinking the same. I'm like, there's such this delicate line around making sure that you find your ideal coach or your ideal therapist, you know, because it is teamwork, making sure that you're both, um, like an energetic match for each other because that's when like the true magic happens. Mm -hmm. Like you have to ask yourself, what do I want in a coach? Do I want someone who's going to tell me what to do and, you know, kind of give me tough love a lot of the times and maybe they aren't like super touchy feely. Do I want that? Or do I want someone who is um, more like laid back and they also want to have conversations with me? Or do I want someone who's going to be like my best friend? Like what kind of coach do you want to be, want to be with, with their personality? And then of course, take into account their approach. Like don't have a coach who gives you meal plans when you want macros or someone who focuses on biometrics when you want to focus on weight training. You really have to focus in on what you want. Yeah, absolutely. If you're ever looking for a coach, I always say like, write down a list of your ideal dreams, your ideal coach, and then go out and see, okay, is she, you know, where's that coach? And mm -hmm. when you write it down, you end up finding that coach. But when you're just kind of like, eh, her clients look pretty cool. She's got a really rock and bod. Sign me up. Gosh, that's the worst. Never. Right. And just because she has abs, please, dear God. One thing no. that I, I personally struggled with, and I actually haven't talked about it until now is that imposter syndrome of this was the first year taking time away from competing. So this was the first year where people didn't see me super lean. And I kept thinking, you know, your applications are going to go down. People aren't going to be as interested in you. Like they aren't going to care as much, but I've still been able to grow in 2020 within my business and during a pandemic. And so that was a nice confidence booster for me because I'm like, I don't want my clients to hire me based on my body because I'm going to have kids one day. You know, I'm not going to look great when I'm eight months pregnant, but I still want them to work with me. Yeah. Um, that's very much how I felt when I first started at Gold's Gym. I was actually going through my very first bulk because I had the goal to compete, but I was still super tiny. And so my coach at that time had told me, we need to put some size on you. Well, I had just started at Gold's and I was like, my clients are only going to sign up with me if I have abs. Little did I know that that was not at all how people perceived me. I put on 20 pounds throughout my time at Gold's. And I remember telling one of my like um, coworkers that, you know, I was 20 pounds up and he was like, where? He's like, you mm -hmm. have not put on 20 pounds. Yeah. And that was probably one of the best experiences that I've ever had because I started seeing that no one treated me differently. And I built so much confidence and I'll never forget sitting across a desk with a woman and she had told me, I want shoulders like yours. And I was like, what? I have shoulders? And I was such a hard critic on myself thinking that, you know, 
um, that my like leanness defined me. And I held so tight to that. And little did I know that, you know, putting on 20 pounds would lead me to this incredible journey of self-love seeing that I'm way more than just my physical body and me being my harshest critic, you know, people see me so much differently. Mm-hmm. I was dissecting myself, telling me I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And there was this woman sitting across from me and she was like, dude, your goals. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I've been through something similar too. Like I remember when I did the corporate gym scene, I was actually one of the top selling trainers within that month, which is unheard of, but I was also bulking. And I was thinking people won't want to work with me because of my body, because they're going to think that she's not super lean. Like I tend to gain more fat in my upper body too. So like my shoulder definition goes away and I kept getting in my head and thinking people won't want to work with me, but then they're like, I would take them through their like free workout. And they would just really connect with me and want to sign up. Yeah, it's definitely like a huge wake up call and realization to show you that. Wait a second. Humans actually care more about who I am and what I have to offer as opposed to just this physical sense. Because you could be this extremely lean um, competitor. And on the other side, someone's thinking, I will never measure up to her if I come into the session. I'm going to feel bad and compare myself the entire time. Or, you know, a a lean competitor could be very moody, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and not very heartfelt. And they're turned off of that. But if you just hold truth to wait a second, what I have, regardless of, you know, what my body looks like is more than enough, then, you know, you're going to absolutely be an energetic match for that. Yeah, honestly, that is something that's frustrated me within the personal training space too, is you don't know if that trainer's lost 150 pounds. You don't know if they've um, been through some sort of traumatic injury and were able to, you know, get their strength back. Like you don't know what they've been through. So before you judge their body and think, well, they don't have abs. Like, why would I hire them? Okay, maybe they don't have abs, but they lost 100 pounds. Yeah, absolutely. 100% feel that. So with your business right now, I know that you recently, you you were in Colorado, right? And now you moved to California? Yes. What's brought you back to California and how, like, what's the direction of your business right now? So I'm previously from California. This is where I was born and raised. Um, But I moved out to Denver Long story short, I was supposed to move out with my then boyfriend. Um, We ended up breaking up about two months before we actually moved. And I figured, you know what? I had this on my heart for a year. I'm still moving. So I moved out for a year by myself. And it was a crazy adventure where I learned so much about myself. I didn't know if Denver was going to be home. Um, I figured out that, number one, Snow and I, not the biggest, you know, fans of each other. Um, I'm from California for a reason. And then secondly, uh, I have a huge family and I love being close to them, but there's a line in which how close I am to them. So Mm -hmm. I figured, you know what, let me find the best of both worlds. I really liked the atmosphere that Denver had to offer in regards to, there were more people who understood the fitness scene but I wanted to be close to my family. So I started looking around in areas in um, San Diego 
And I saw that a lot of people are over here who are very much in the fitness scene. Um, there's a lot of like coaches over here. Um, it's not weird to pull out your phone and, you know, videotape yourself in the gym or, you know, you see other people like YouTube vlogging, not that I do that, but it's just more accepted and you're able mm -hmm. to get plugged in a lot more. And that's something that I was really craving. It's just a community. I thrive off of that. Um, and again, I wanted to be close to my family. So I moved over here about two months ago. And so far, I'm definitely feeling much more at home. Not that Denver didn't feel like a home, but it just didn't feel like this was long-term. Mm -hmm. It felt like it was part of my journey. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that your family and everyone around you can tell that you're happier too. Oh yeah. And it's definitely nice to just be within like two hours of a driving distance as opposed to two hour flight. You know, when it's, Hey, it's dad's birthday. Can you make it this weekend? Boom, throw the dogs in the car and I can make the drive. Know that I have like a bed with my little sister to share. Um, as opposed to shoot, got to find a dog sitter, got to, you know, pay for the, the flight, the Uber and all that stuff. So it's much easier. And I just, I'm very family oriented. So Mm -hmm. My soul just feels a lot more at home here. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you. I know that I felt that way too with moving from Ohio to Florida, seeing tripods in the gym and like people not judging you at all was like, so like felt like a weight was off my shoulders. <laughs> right. And you knew that if you set your phone up, people were actually going to be like, oh, okay, cool. It wasn't going to be like, what is that girl doing? Or walk in front of your phone and you'd be mm -hmm. like, really? This is my job. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Taylor, I know that a lot of people are listening today and maybe they resonated with you and your journey. What would be a piece of advice with someone who feels like they connected with you today? Um, one thing that's been coming up a lot for me, especially in my current uh, journey is around your story. You know, when you can learn how to change your story, you change your entire life. Um, so many of us are unaware of our current stories that we have filtered throughout our entire lives from, you know, childhood to now. And once you become aware of, you know, those beliefs that are running, honestly running the show, it's like game over. Like I said, you change your entire life when you can actually learn how to master your mindset and use it as like you are the CEO of it. Mm -hmm, definitely you truly are in control of your life so like wherever you are if you're unhappy you can rewrite that for sure absolutely it just takes a lot of self-belief time repetition and patience yeah well guys <laughs> thank you for tuning in today i'm going to leave all of taylor's information down below and it was great having you on thank you it was amazing to be on when it comes to getting more support towards your fitness goals, a lot of people look into supplementation. And when I get questions about supplements, I have to say that I fully support Bomar Nutrition. Not only does Bomar Nutrition have a bunch of unique products and are constantly coming out with new products, they actually pay for further testing. If you guys didn't know this, the FDA doesn't actually monitor supplementation. However, Bomer Nutrition makes sure that you guys are getting 100% quality and also 100% taste. If you guys follow me here on Instagram, you would know that I am obsessed with their vegan protein line alongside with their protein bars, Bomer Butters, and their Nootropic. 
I actually completely stopped drinking coffee because her nootropic gives me that extra kick in the butt and helps wake me up and start my day in a focused manner. So if you guys are wanting to shop through Bomar, make sure you check out the link down below and use my code Nicole as a referral at checkout.